So I asked Kevin Malone from the office to give us that warning because we are dealing with a very difficult topic today. We are talking about emotional abuse. So for anyone who has trauma, for anyone who has dealt with this or any other reason why you might get triggered, I just wanted to let you know beforehand so that you can decide whether or not to listen or if you do find this difficult. Just be mindful of some of the topics and some of the discussion that we do have. Hello and welcome to the Stuff Up Podcast, a place where we delve into different topics to learn more about ourselves and more about others. And we usually have some fun along the way. In today's episode, I have the privilege of welcoming Kimberly Love. Kimberly is a radio host. She's a author. She's a speaker. She is a survivor of emotional abuse. And she is a strong woman. And I admire her so much. And I thank her so much for coming on. So here's my discussion with Kimberly Love. So I have with me today Kimberly Love, who is a survivor of emotional abuse. You're an author. You're a radio host of The Crushing 40. Yes. And you're CEO of Viking Queens. Yes. So you, <laughs> you do a lot. <laughs> you do a lot. You, I am busy. <laughs> you are inspiring to me and to so many women because you have been through such a challenging time and you reach out and help women who are going through that. And that is such an amazing, that is an amazing thing in itself just to, to be a survivor, first of all, and then to go forward and help others through that. So can you tell me your story of what you went through with emotional abuse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it probably started in my childhood. Um, I had an older sibling who was, you know, almost 20 years older than me. And she was kind of in charge of, you know, when my mom was out or when my mom was working, she was the person that always babysat the rest of us. Cause she was so much older and she just had a, a dislike for me, like literally since the time I was born, it was, tied to her dislike for my father. I had a different father than the rest of my siblings and he was abusive. So she kind of put all her hate for him onto me. And so throughout my childhood, I went through extreme psychological abuse. Um, you know, it, it, it changed me so much that I didn't even know who I was when I went into my teenage years and adulthood. And, um, you know, she, going into her home, you know, she was married and had children of her own. Going into her home was always like experiencing a thousand cuts every time I went there because it was just like, I was wearing the wrong clothes. I looked the wrong way. I wasn't smart enough, pretty enough. Like it was just, it was like a constant battle just to be accepted as a family member in her eyes. So when I finally did 
leave home. And I left home really young. I was probably 17 when I left home and I just, uh, I moved out on my own because I just could not handle the environment anymore. And to me, uh, I just needed freedom. So that was kind of my escape. I ran away from home and I moved out on my own. And it was at that point that, you know, I started dating and I met, you know, multiple guys that kind of changed me in different ways. But there was one guy that I met later on in life who was a narcissist and I was the perfect person for him because I was vulnerable and broken. And that's exactly the kind of girl that he wanted. And so I ended up in a domestic violence situation because of my experience as a youth. I hope that kind of, <laughs> that was kind of long-winded, but yeah. That's no, not at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. So you actually experienced psychological, what's the difference? Is there a difference between psychological and emotional abuse or is it kind of the same thing? It's, I think it's the same thing, except for, I think there's probably a lot more trauma attached to psychological because it goes deeper. Like if anyone's ever experienced dating a narcissist, that's for sure psychological. It's, it's not just emotional abuse. It's like, um, someone breaking you down to the point where you don't even want to live anymore. Mm. So did your, when you were, when your sister was, was taking care of you and raising you, she would was it more of a obvious way? Like she would speak directly to you saying, saying specific things, or was it more of a subtle? No, she was pretty obvious about her dislike for me. I remember, you know, I used to tell my mom over the years, you know, that these things were happening. And my mom was always like, like, this is a family. She would never do that. But I think people saw things, but then chose not to see them because later on in life, like years, like literally 20 years later, I would talk to family members and they would say, oh yeah, there was definitely something wrong with your sister. Like I saw this and I saw that and, and it validated me so many years later, but I I always wish that they would have spoken up at the time because it would have saved me a lot of pain and heartache because I, I genuinely did feel alone. The reason I left my home as a teenager was because my mother wouldn't recognize what was going on. And to me, it always felt like I was in a war zone. So like leaving home, even though I was so young, it was like survival for me. Mm -hmm. Wow. A lot of times we, we don't know anything different. So you grew up in that environment and you just, that was your normal, right? But deep down, you knew there was something not right. Right. How, so how did that, is that why you left home then? Just because you knew that there was, there was something not right. Like this was not how you were supposed to be treated and you just couldn't handle it anymore. Well, I think that anybody in any type of abusive relationship knows they're not meant to be there, that something isn't there. Um, You know, something's not right in that particular situation. And I think that, you know, a lot of people find, especially domestic abusive relationships, confusing because they're like, well, it's so terrible. Why are you there? Why are you doing that? But what you don't understand is when you've been abused for so long, you're, that's a comfortable spot for you. You know it, you know how to, you know, diffuse the situation, you know, you know, well, he's mad at this time. So I have to do this to get out of that time. Like when you're in abuse for so long, you know it. 
it's the nice guys that confuse you. It's the nice guys that feel uncomfortable. I remember so many situations where I easily probably met men of my dreams and I, and I self-sabotaged and I deliberately pushed them away because they made me uncomfortable. Like I wasn't used to being treated nice. I wasn't used to be treated with respect and it scared the crap out of me. So I would literally push those guys away and end up in abusive relationships because that was, I knew those, I knew how to react in certain situations. And I think that, you know, people are, are, are confused by why women stay there. And it's because that's all they know. Like you mm-hmm. say, uh, you knew it for so many years, you you're comfortable in that environment. And to me, I know how to react in that situation. I don't know how to re- react with a guy who treats me like royalty. Right. So, right. Yeah. That's a great segue because I wanted to ask you so many people, and I I thought this myself, (laughs) because when you're looking at it from outside, you're like, why would they stay? But when you're in it, you just don't know anything different. Right. And also, do you believe self-esteem plays a huge part of that? Because maybe you don't, you believe you don't deserve anything better too. Yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head there. And I know so many people, I mean, people have said to me, like, because I'm, I'm known as a very independent and strong woman because of the things that I've gone through. And, and especially I left home at a young age and, you know, people will say like, how on earth did you get in this situation? And, and that's it in a nutshell is that, you know, everybody is susceptible to abuse if they've had trauma in their life at some area and, and people who, get into an abusive relationship. It's usually because they've experienced trauma. They haven't healed from it. And now they're in yet another, and they'll keep cycling that abuse over and over again. Even if they leave that guy, they'll end up with another guy if they haven't healed. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the, the pattern that I finally broke because I was in that relationship, you know, and it was terrible. But I mean, the breaking point for me was the day he said the world would be a better place if you committed suicide And it was such a shock, like it rocked me hearing that because I thought like, this is somebody that's supposed to love me and protect me. And he he doesn't even care if I'm alive. So to me, that was my breaking point. And when I left, I knew that I was never going to be in a situation like that again. And I chose to heal instead of continuing the cycle. But there are so many women that will cycle that that ride over and over again. And that's why I'm doing the work I'm doing now, because I I want to continually break that cycle for other people. Amazing. Yeah. And like they say, you know, people who go into being uh, therapists or social work, they want to help, but, and they do, but the people who have actually been through it and then help, they have a much better understanding because you can say, I've been through it. I know. Right. <laughs> Rather right. than just saying, <laughs> I understand what you're going through when you actually don't. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Were, were there different relationships you had where the guys were all emotional abusers or was it that one specific guy? No, it was just that, that specific guy. He, he was a special case for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't have picked like, if there was a king of abusers out there, like he was it, like I couldn't have, it was the cherry on top of abusers for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've all had relationships in the past that definitely did not serve me, but would I call them abusive? No, they were, there were relationships where I didn't belong there. You know, the guy wasn't a respectful guy by any means, but I certainly wouldn't class them in the same 
same space as that guy. Mm. Did he, was he subtle at first? Like when you first met him, it it gradually just got worse and worse and worse where he, oh, that's why. Yeah. I I was actually friends with him for years before I started dating him. Mm. He was one of my best friends for years. And while we were friends, I was a princess to him. Like he literally called me his princess and just treated me with like, you know, and, and when we finally, and when I met him, we were both in relationships. So we didn't date. And when we got to the point where we were both single, you know, he was on me right away and he was just like, you know, I'm in love with you. And he had always treated me so well, you know, as a friend that I was like, this guy's amazing. Of course I would date him. And that's something that, you know, a lot of women experience with abusers because my, my literal friends have said to me like, well, you've known him for years. Like you must've known. And I didn't because he was never like that with that. And I never saw him treat anybody else like that either. So to me, I just thought I scooped a good guy. And it wasn't until six months in that there was a change of behavior. Wow. And that's typical for a domestic abuser is that, you know, they'll win you over. It's like you met the perfect guy and then they slowly start chipping away at things. And at first, when I started seeing a change in behavior, I thought I was the crazy one. I was like, no, like, you know, and and when I would bring these things up to him, he would be like, you're crazy. You're acting crazy. Wow. And that's, you know, that whole gaslighting thing is, is something that we're just starting to now talk about in society. But, you know, that's how guys in abusive relationships make women stay is that they, they make them think that they're the problem, right? right. You know, they're the crazy one. And I always say, if you meet a guy and he always has crazy exes, that's your first red flag. You know, (laughs) nobody always has a bunch of crazy exes. So if he says, all my exes are crazy, look for the common denominator and you'll (laughs) and run. Right. (laughs) Did you ever meet his, cause you were friends with him when he was dating someone else. Were you also friends with that, with that woman as well? Like, no. Um, okay. So you didn't get to talk to her later and find out. No, she despised me actually. So I, I mean, uh, I think she kind of knew that, that her boyfriend, like we were super close. So, um, but he, I think he had a couple of girlfriends during the time that we were dating, but I think it's pretty common for guys like that to not, you know, let the girlfriends get too close because I'm sure we would have got to talking and I would have probably seen some behaviors I didn't like. Mm -hmm. But afterwards I had actually gone into contact with one of his exes and she had sent me pictures and stuff like that, where he was physically abusive towards her. And it all kind of, it's amazing when you start talking to abusers after the fact, and they have the exact same stories that you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. This is one of the things that scares me the most. And I watch true crime. So I, I love, <laughs> I true, love crime. true crime. Isn't that weird? Do you, you as well? <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. I, I watch all that. I watch like serial killer documentaries. Like I love it. Yeah. It is like I had, I had a roommate who was like, well, you like death because you like true crime. And I am like the least violent, like just I'm very sensitive. So I, there's certain things I just cannot watch, but for some reason I find true crime interesting. And I've talked to a lot of people similar to me and I feel like we're all like that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we're all not like evil people <laughs> and we don't like death. Okay. But that was no. funny. Um, so it scares me though, because I've seen story after story where, y- you know, 
you date a guy or you're friends with him or you meet him online. And first of all, the online thing is a little bit scary, even though so many people are meeting people online. But also, yeah, they seem normal at first and they might even be your best friend. And then all of a sudden, and that's how I think, because I've met people who have married somebody and then later on they found out, oh, no, this guy was not who I thought he was. And you're kind of thinking, well, you dated him for a year or six months or something. How did you not know? But they hide it so well. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary. I <laughs> the thing is, is that they, they're not just hiding it from you. They're hiding it from everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I know I experienced it. Like so many people were like, no, he would never. And I'm like, oh, he did. Like he did. And you know what I mean? Like I even, I, I have saved text messages from six years ago. Like they're, they're so shocked that someone that they know and they trust could, could behave in that manner. And, and that's the scary thing, like you said, is that, you know, they're fooling their mothers, their sisters, you know, it's not just you. Wow. But if you think about it, like how many serial killers were married, right? Had families. Yeah. Right. And their spouses had no idea they're out slicing and dicing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the BTK killer, that one. Yeah. His daughter, yeah. like uh, I have his daughter's book, although I haven't read it yet, but I saw uh, 2020 on it and his family had no idea. Yeah. For so Ted long, Bundy. right? For right. so long. And yeah, but, they just hide it so well. You know, a lot of women feel stupid because they're like, oh, I should have known there should have been signs, but it's really not, not that easy. You have to remember that these people have been doing this for their entire life. It's not like they just started wearing a mask. They were probably wearing a mask as children into, you know, the teenage years. They were always wearing a mask for whatever reason. And one thing that I always say to women is there's always red flags. That's the great thing about it is that you, you don't really have to go online or into the dating world and be like, oh, I'm, it's scary because I'm going to get fooled because there's always red flags. It's just, we choose to ignore them. Hmm. And part of what I'm doing is educating women in the red flags, because if you start to recognize it, if you start to actually, and and your body will literally tell you that something's wrong. And we always like, I'm sure you've done it yourself where, where you were in a situation you're like, Oh, I'm just overreacting or it's probably not that right. We always, especially women, we always say I'm overreacting. I'm being crazy. And your body will literally tell you that something is not right in a situation. And you have to just fine tune your intuition so that you can recognize the situations that you're in. I'm telling you, I can smell a narcissist from a mile away now. You know what I mean? As soon as he opens his mouth, you know, I'm just like date over. I'm done here. Like we're not doing, I'm not doing this again. And it's that, that's the thing with women. There's always tells, there's always red flags. So just recognize them and don't ignore them. As soon as you see something that doesn't feel or sound right, get out immediately and you'll save yourself like six months to a year of heartache for sure. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the red flags that you, you tell other women about? Um, do you have specific ones you you share with yeah. others? Like for example, on a first date, if a guy gets too personal on a first date, that's a red flag. Cause I'm telling you guys don't do that shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in fact, when a girl gets too personal on a first date, it makes a guy uncomfortable. 
you know, I always hear it from guys is like, she told me her whole life story. I don't know why she did that. You know, I just wanted to go for a beer, right? <laughs> told me about her cat dying. I didn't want to know. And that's the thing. It makes guys uncomfortable. So it's, it's a rare day indeed. If a guy is telling you his entire life story during a first date. And the reason they do that is because women connect that way. Women are like that. How many times have you gone out for coffee with a girl or gone out for a drink with a girl and you guys tell each other everything? Cause that's the way <laughs> girls operate, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> We want to know all the dirt, you know, we're spilling tea everywhere. Right. And so that's the idea. When a guy wants a girl to get wrapped up in him right away, he confesses his deepest, darkest secrets because that's how we connect as human beings. So a red flag on a first date is a guy should not be telling you his whole life story because guys genuinely don't care. You know, on a first date, most guys aren't, aren't thinking about marriage or thinking about long-term relationships, right? They're have other having a nice night out. They're thinking about maybe taking you home, right? There's absolutely no reason for him to get personal on a first date. Now, if we're talking about actually being in a dating scenario or starting a relationship, red flags are keeping his phone private from you, keeping you away from your friends, talking badly about your friends and family. The idea behind all that is that his life is private, but yours is not. He'll always be interested in what's going on with your phone, but you can't be on his phone. And the friends and family aspect is one day he's not going to want your friends and family to be involved in your scenario because they're going to be the ones that are going to talk you out of being with him. So the slowly disintegration of of removing you from friends and family, he won't want you to go out having girls nights out. You know, that's typical behavior for, for a guy who's up to something is that you'll slowly see less and less of your friends and family. He'll look for ways to downplay the relationships that you have so that you start to question your own friendships like, oh, so-and-so's like this. You don't want to be friends with someone like that. And that's kind of a slow progression to getting you alone, which is the end result is he wants you alone. Right. Wow. It, uh, going back to what you said about women's intuition is a real thing. <laughs> and I, so I grew up in an environment where I was told, well, women are emotional. Men are the reasonable ones. And so I, and I'm also a highly sensitive person. So I, I've always been emotional and I always thought that was such a bad thing. Like women are are Mm -hmm. too emotional, uh, you know, such a misogynistic kind of comment. And so, but over the years, I have been the one who, to pick up on not feeling right about a situation or a person. And then later on, like, oh, I'll tell my family. And I remember they'll be like, well, no, you're just jealous of, of so-and-so. You're just, no, why would you think that? And then years later, <laughs> my mom is like, no, <laughs> oh, okay, well, you, you can pick up on things. And so it's very interesting because now they believe me. But right. at the time, well, you're just an irrational woman. What do you know? And so <laughs> I think women need to find that empowerment to, to say, no, our emotions, our intuition, we need to take a hold of that and be proud of it because it, it's kind of like a warning signal, you know, yes. <laughs> and because yes. of some of those, and I'm not saying that men are the dangerous ones and women are not, because there are narcissistic women, there are emotional abusers or mm-hmm. women, but generally Absolutely. we have more of the we get more of it in that sense. So just 
do you, do you, do you find women say that to you as well, that they're told that they're too emotional or they're kind of, like you said, they're crazy. They're being told that they're crazy because they're, they're feeling something's wrong and they're too emotional. Right. I think, like you said, women have been told a lot of things over the years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not allowed to be loud. We're not allowed to be bossy. You know, we're, you know, or you know, women who are empowered are often seen as bossy instead of just being empowered. And I think that over the years, women have been squashed for a lot of reasons. And thankfully, where it seems as if we're there's a a change of turning of tides, so to speak. And I think nine times out of 10, when I talk to a woman who feels like she got betrayed or feel like she got used by a man or abused by a man, it's every single time after I've heard her story, it's because she did not listen to her intuition, like bang on hundred percent score every single time. And our bodies are incredible. They're built literally for survival on, on many different scales. And for a woman, you know, we are ignoring something that's right in our bodies. Like we don't need, you know, a coach to tell us this. We don't need a book to tell us this. It's right in our bodies. We've been just been ignoring it for years and years. And the idea is when you feel that intuition, instead of brushing it aside and being like, oh, I'm being silly or, oh, that's crazy or whatever. The idea is to feel it. Okay. It's here. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling something's wrong. I have no idea what that is, but I know something's wrong. The idea is to take a minute and evaluate your surroundings. Like that could be whether you're walking alone all night or you're sitting across from a guy, right? There's a reason why your body is suddenly in a flight or fight situation, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to sit there and take a moment to look at your surroundings. What did that guy just say? What, what did his action show me? And really dive deep into what that moment is telling you instead of, constantly just brushing it aside because women do not just brush it aside once they'll brush it aside 50 times, a hundred times, a thousand times. And then they'll be like, well, I didn't know you did know you knew right from the moment he opened his mouth. Mm -hmm. Right. We know that. And the idea is to, and when people are like, well, how do I fine tune this? Well, listen to your body. It's, it's really quite simple. It's very, it's very much the same way as when we're meditating, right? We're going inside, right? We're taking a moment to reflect on the way our body feels, the way our mind's working. And that's how we're manifesting things into our life. Well, our intuition works much the same. You have to listen to what your body's telling Mm -hmm. you, whether that's I'm walking down a dark alley or I'm, you know, speaking to a man, what's your body telling you and why there's a reason for it. So you have to start listening instead of pushing it away. Yeah. I, I lived in Toronto for 10 years and I remember I was terrified the first time I moved there. Like I had such bad anxiety and just a big mess. But anyways, um, I remember going on the subway and I had a few interactions with, with men that were just, I'm, I was always told to be, to be nice. So instead of listening to myself and feeling uncomfortable, I was too scared to tell them to get away from me. Cause that's like being bitchy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I should do a whole episode <laughs> on, on women and you know, the things that we've been told over the years. And, oh, but man. I had this one guy, I had a few guys that kind of came up to me. I had an old guy who come up, came up to me and sat beside me. And I just thought he was a nice old man. Like 
literally in his seventies or eighties. <laughs> and then he was like, he, I think he touched my, my face or something. And he asked for my phone number and I, uh, no, I took his phone number, but I should have looking back. I should have just been like, <laughs> no. Right. But I was too scared right. to say no. But um, it, it's interesting when you look back at different scenarios and how we've been told to act. And I was so yeah. afraid of becoming across as like, yeah, you know, we're, we're bossy. We're too bitchy, whatever. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. Like my boundaries right. are my boundaries. No, I'm not comfortable with you. <laughs> you know, that's really interesting because I mean, I knew like, I just have so many horror stories because of the work that I do. But I mean, women have literally been raped because they were trying to be polite yeah. in a certain situation. Oh. And I have a 14 year old daughter and uh, she was certainly not raised like that. And I've literally sat her down and told her there will come a time when it is okay to say, fuck off. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. I said, I want you to, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm swearing. That's okay. <laughs> I just want to make some platforms. It's not okay. But anyways, so I've said, and I have literal conversations with her where, where I've had to explain how women were raised in many generations where we were taught that we have to be polite and we have to be nice to men and all that. And those days are gone. Yeah. You know, they're gone now. We're not doing that. We're not sitting down for tea. We're not being polite. You know, and I've had to tell her, like, there will come a day when it's going to be perfectly okay for you to tell a guy, look, I, you need to go, fuck off, get away from me. And that's going to be okay. Yeah. And if a guy doesn't hear that message, then that's when you're now in a dangerous situation. So, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, w- women have to get to the point where, you know, you're telling people to fuck off more. And that's not just guys, it's, you know, are, are you being treated poorly by family members, you know, friends, coworkers, you know, we, we got to start being like, this is no longer okay. And if it means telling someone that off, then that's what we're doing now because women are being ignored in situations that are dangerous. Yeah. Well, you remember uh, Ted Bundy got women because he was acting like he was on crutches and he needed help. Yeah. And that's how we are a lot of times we're designed, we want to help. Like that would be, that would have, mm-hmm. I would have been a victim. I would have been like, oh, oh yeah. poor guy, sure, I'll come help you. Oh, and yeah. I mean, those poor women in this, especially in the seventies and eighties, so many of the serial killers came out and we had to, I remember being raised, like you always check the backseat of your car. You don't go anywhere alone. Um, you know, don't, if a guy is like, get somebody else, get another man to help instead of you helping. And I was actually had this fear instilled in me. So I was totally afraid of, of people in general, but I can understand why, because of these scenarios that kept happening. And so now I was like, what, what would I do? And because of Ted Bundy, I now would be like, no, no, you can find (laughs) your own help, which is terrible. (laughs) Change your entire. (laughs) It's terrible because now we've lost that trust with people. Whereas you can't just ask people for help or you're scared to, help because you're afraid this might be a serial killer or that you know what I mean it's it's terrible but that's where we are (laughs) yeah well (laughs) (laughs) sorry this has gone into like serial killer territory (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go off and watch a documentary after now (laughs) oh I watched one on it's called the ripper on Netflix have you heard 
It was about the... I've watched them all. Okay, the Ripper in the 70s (laughs) in in England, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was so interesting to see because that's where the... um, Oh, what's that? That that women march, um, take back the night. That's yes. kind of where it started. And I remember yeah. thinking, cause I grew up in a very conservative environment that kind of demeans women. And <laughs> I remember thinking, well, women just don't go out at night, you know, just stay safe. And these women in the documentary were saying, why should we have to be afraid? Right. But just because we're women and so I was like, oh, like it just clicked for me. Yeah. This is why we're tired of being told you have to stay at home. Like, why do men get to go out and, and mm-hmm. just go out and not be afraid? We should be able to not be afraid. And so mm-hmm. it was just like this light bulb that went on my head. Like, oh, yeah. Because I was always just like, well, I guess we should just do what the men say, you know. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is and I don't know if you caught the whole viral Twitter feed that went off a couple of years ago where a girl posted, what would you do if there were no men around? (laughs) And it just Uh went by, it went viral. There was like a hundred thousand comments under there and it was all women saying, well, I'd walk home alone at night. I would, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about covering my drink at the bar or, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about getting a shot. And it, it, it was so shocking to read because it really put a microscope on, on the idea that this is, this is women's lives. Like we, we literally have to, you know, Oh, I have to give my mother, my, my location when I'm going out on a date, just in case I don't come home. Like people think it's funny, but it's, they don't realize that this is actually how women live on a day-to-day basis, going to the grocery store, going out with friends, going out on a date that we have to pre-prepare not dying tonight or not getting raped tonight, just to do basic things that got, and it was funny because you started seeing men comment on there and their minds are being blown because they really didn't realize just how awful it was to be a woman walking around life, just trying to exist. Whereas men of course can do all these things without pre-planning anything. They can go out with the boys for a night drinking and not literally worry about a thing. (laughs) So yeah, it was an eye opener for me to see that comment section because I thought, man, you know, people, and this is just the way, and we raise our daughters this way. To, to cross the other side of the street when they're, they're walking down and seeing a guy approach, right? Like, it's sick that we have to actually prepare our daughters for men. And hold, you know that thing about when you're going to your car, hold your keys. So in case you can stab them in case something happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had some very uncomfortable conversations with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, people will probably think I'm crazy, but I've literally said to her, like, it's okay to take someone's eye out. Like, it's okay to kick a guy in the ball. Oh, like, I'm, that's you, the go-to you thing. Do, Balls. You do what you got to do to get out of that situation, yeah. right? Because I've had to explain to her that if, if he gets you in that car, there's a hundred percent chance you're not getting out of that car. Mm-hmm. So you need to do what you need to do to make sure you're not put in that car. Yeah. So it sucks. I had a friend uh, who she likes to go for walks at night. <laughs> near her, near, rebel, near eh? her park. and I said to her oh please don't please don't this is a few years ago and she said 
yeah, I know, but I shouldn't have to be worried about it. And I was just like, yeah, but you should be worried about it. And I guess I didn't understand at the time (laughs) because I was just so so in this fear state, but I'm like, you're right. Why do men get to walk down a dark alley at night? Although, I mean, I wouldn't do that even if I were a man, because, you know, anyway, but, uh, (laughs) but (laughs) because you never know, somebody's going to attack you too, but why should we be afraid? I remember going for, when I lived in Toronto, there was a, a little woods area and I went for a little jog in there once and I was literally terrified because of all the true crime I watch. But I'm thinking, why should I be afraid of being in the, because <laughs> all of, people go for jogs all the time in the woods, you know? Yeah. It's really, yeah. It's really sad. Well, I'm a big believer in like, um, not fearing anything. You know, I'm pretty fearless. I'm a boxer though. Nice. And, and that's what I think women should be doing is learning how to protect themselves, whether it's going into boxing or jujitsu or just taking a self-defense class, you know, because I, I, I do whatever the hell I want at this point. And I, if somebody grabs me at this point, man, they're going to have a bad day. <laughs> So I think, you know, and some women, it's not even self-defense. They, they carry mace, they carry those little switchblade thing. You do what you got to do. I I believe living your life. We only live once, go out and do what you want to do. Just make sure that you're protected. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that's what women have to do is, is, you know, carry mace, take a boxing class, do what you got to do to, so that you can go out into the world and, and, and live your life, but also be safe. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you're, you're raising your daughter to be empowered. I I love that so much because that's what we need. We don't need more people of being raised like how we were, (laughs) you know, being afraid. No, We don't need more scared women out there. That's for sure. We need women who are are ready to to claim the thrones that we have been had taken away for so many years. So I think that that would be another red flag is when you're dating a guy and you, they make s- certain snarky comments about women. I- I've yeah. seen it in family. And I just realized, whoa, really? This is what you think of women? And then I look back <laughs> and I, I see different, I'm like, yeah, okay. That's how you treat us, you know? Yeah. So I, I have a one, I know one scenario of somebody very close to me who she was dating the guy. He was charming, charming as anything, you know? They usually yeah, are. and I don't trust charming. <laughs> I do not like salespeople. I do right. not like you know. If you're too charming, I actually get like, ugh, I get turned off. So anybody listening, don't charm me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I do then? <laughs> Just be yourself. Don't. But he was too much, and then he kind of was controlling. So he didn't like the way she dressed. And he would say, no, no, but he would make it look, he made her feel like a princess in the sense that I like, I like the, these kind of clothes on you, but looking back, it was a sign of control. Mm-hmm. And also he had a, a female relative who came to visit, uh, and he told her to stay in the car. No, no, no. And he, he actually like did the finger, like the pointed finger in her face and, no, you, you stay in the car. You listen to me because he's a male. And it was kind of a red flag to other people, but you know, it's still, they went on with the marriage and it was just like, Oh, 
no, that's a pretty huge red flag. Oh yeah. So yeah. Believe it or not, like guys, there's always signs. I would say just when something makes you think like, oh, that was a weird thing to say. You know what I mean? Oh, I can't even tell you how many times I've been on dates where guys will say weird shit to me. And I'll be like, and you'll think about it and you're just like, that's kind of weird. But then you brush it off and you're just like, oh, I'm sure that was nothing. But it always, it always is something. When you're sitting there and you're thinking that was a weird thing to say. Yep. Red flag. Yeah. Red flag. And I've been catfished. That's what I hate about online dating. (laughs) Just to get us on another thing, but that's... (laughs) like why would you post that picture and make me believe that's you and then ask me out on a date and think that this is going to play out in any good scenario for you I know there's polite girls out there that will still have dinner with a guy but I'm not that girl oh really so when you see them you're just like oh no no. I peace right out (laughs) and it's a scene it's a scene like uh, I remember I was on on a date years ago that I was on I knew the bartender at the place that we were going to. And so I was there first. So I sat down with the bartender and he was just like, oh, I bet you that's your date. And I turned and it, of course, should not have been. It should not have been on any planet that that was my date. And I was just like, ha, ha, ha. And sure as shit, it was my date. (laughs) And I was just, and I was mad. And I was sitting there thinking like, where do we go from here? Like you lied to me on the grandest scheme. Like where, where do we go from here? So I said to him that I was not entertaining the state at all and that he had lied to me and that he could buy himself a drink at this point. And he was all like, well, don't you like, (laughs) (laughs) and I just like walked like not even entertaining the situation at all. And, And like, I think all women need to do that. Maybe guys will stop catfishing because when you sit down with that person and you continue that date, like you're not the angriest woman in the world right now. You're acknowledge- you're telling that guy it's okay to behave that way. Mm. Wow. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Like I was angry and I remember he texted me after and he was just like, I can't believe you walked out on me. And I'm like, you're, there's something wrong with you. Right. That's like on a basic level. That's a good point. I I'd be the type that would stay because I'm like, well, I know that trust me, 90% (laughs) of women will stay. And it's more because they don't like the idea of confrontation. They don't want to make a scene. I'm that girl. Like I literally do not care. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him, I was just like, you're a liar. So why am I even going to do this? Right. I guess from my point of view, I like causing scenes a little bit. So Oh, you, you know, like causing I'm scenes? I'm just like, oh, I like it. I love it. I so it's just, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, this is horrendous. Horrendous behavior for a man to behave that way. So I think I hope that all the women that are listening to this are going to be walking out on dates in the future. I think I would understand it because I do not photograph well. So I'm much better if you meet me. Whereas if you see me online, you might like, oh, and then just <laughs> change it. So I would be like, you have to meet me first. So I guess I would understand it. But at the same time, no. Like, yeah, because you're expecting that person. And if they really like you. It's one thing. I'm not talking about just a little bit difference. Like, oh, was it a wrong camera angle or 
he just showed a, a, a face shot when I should have got a body shot. No, I'm telling you, he picked this image off of Google Images and went with oh, it. Oh, so it like, wasn't even an old picture. No, no, no. It was just somebody else. No, no, this was not. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this wasn't like, oh, he w- had a bad angle. This was a completely different human being walked in the wow. door. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. that. And that that's pretty sense. common Ca- to have someone catfish you is actually a it's scary to say it's pretty common nowadays. So you got to be really careful who you're talking to online. And unfortunately the online dating sites are just filled with people who are not who they are. I always get the old men. Why? (laughs) Why? I don't know. I I had a friend. So she was like 20, 21 at this point. And she, she said this 70 year old man messaged her and he goes, I'm ready to settle down and have a family. Would you go on a date with me? Ooh, a family. <laughs> Ew, like, no, you know what? It's the sugar daddy thing. Yeah. You know, sugar daddies are just out there and they're like, I'm going <laughs> to contact this hot blonde and look for some magic. And it's just like, I'm not, uh. Yeah, sugar daddy things. I can't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's weird all around. It's weird. Oh, dear. Well, we've gone into quite a few different topics. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. It's fun, I'm though. Sure, I'm sure your audience is like, well, this went down a dark road. <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of, they all mesh in, in some way. Like, there, yes. there's there's a... Yeah. There's the common theme of men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have... A website called Viking Queens. Is it Viking Queen yes. or Viking Queens? Viking Queens, because we're all queens collecting together. Amazing. To help each other. Out. So tell me a little bit about, about that. Well, Viking Queens just launched on January 1st, and it was it's been a labor of love because you know I I empower women on my radio show, Crushing 40, and you know, I've written some books, but to me, women will come to me with various questions and I can't always help them, right? Because not everything I'm an expert at, right? Like I'm an expert at what surrounds my life, right? And I thought, how great would it be to have a membership site where I had lots of experts on there who could talk about different things that women are going through and So I focused it on building resiliency, which I think is really important for women because, you know, we get hit with a lot, you know, and especially when it comes to abusive situations, I believe that if you're, if you have resiliency, you can meet a lot of things head on, whether it's losses, breakups, whatever the case may be, a loss of a job, loss of a family member. If we're strong already, we can get through situations. And we're also focusing on self-love, showing women how important it is to take care of yourself first above everybody else. And then we're talking about moving into healthy relationships. So there is a mess of coaches and women and men on there that are looking to teach women how to live the best life that they want. And we also have like connections to wine in there. So we're all (laughs) drinking wine as we get connected with everybody. So it's just a great place for women to get together and not only get taught by experts to live this life, but there there's a community in there so you can meet other women just like you. Oh, I love it. So it's bikingqueens.com. I love it. That is awesome. That is 
what the world needs, you know, that's what yes. women need. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually, you know, it's funny because I've had conversations with people about this. We like to put each other down because there's like, there seems to be a competition with women. Uh, you yes. know, well, you got back and it's like usually over men. Uh, but you know, I think we're starting to realize we need to empower each other. We need to lift each other up. And yeah. so I see that a lot more now than, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Although, I mean, we still do it to each other, but uh, <laughs> I think we're coming to the realization. Why are we letting people bring us apart when we should be coming together and supporting each other? So, yes, I love your. It's funny you say that because there's actually a, a hashtag queens on TikTok. And it's really disappointing because it's all mean girls. Oh, mean girls just attacking everybody. And I'm just like, I'm, it's shocking to me that we're still doing that. Mm, Yeah. You know, we're still attacking each other when, you know, all I'd love is for us to like, women are powerful creatures. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been squashed, squashed for so many years is that we're actually very powerful. If we can just all get together. Yeah. (laughs) And lift each other up. Imagine the things that we can do in the world. Kidding. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I went to, on a, I went on a March for women. I don't know specifically what it was called a few years ago in Toronto. And it was, my friend invited me and normally I don't go to, to, to protests or anything because I don't like crowds and I'm scared of, you know, people causing problems and, and fights and stuff and being crushed to death. <laughs> But it was actually- we got to start talking about these fears of yours. <laughs> I know, right? I need therapy. <laughs> uh, but it was so beautiful. And I just felt I was really glad I went. And um, it was we were just walking and there was no actually I wasn't scared at the time. I thought later on I was thinking, what if this would happen? But um, <laughs> it was beautiful. And, and men were there too. You know, it wasn't just women. The mm-hmm. men were there also supporting us. And I thought that that was really beautiful how we were just like, let's get together and talk about these issues and just kind of protest our our fears and our insecurities and, and our what we've been pushed down, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, I really appreciate when when we have those kind of things that bring us together, so. I, I yes, applaud absolutely. your vision. I love it so much. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kim. This was amazing. <laughs> thank you for having me. I loved it. All right. Once again, I want to thank Kimberly Love for coming on and having a great discussion with me. We had fun. We talked about wonderful things. We got into some weird territory with serial killer stuff. I actually did not mention the office with her. Isn't that funny? So go subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you enjoy it. Even if you don't, you can review too. Check out my social media, StephUp underscore podcast on Instagram, Podcast on Facebook. You can email me at StephUpPodcast at gmail.com and check out my blog at StephUpPodcast.com. And if you guys want to help support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash StephUpPodcast because... There are costs involved when you're creating a podcast and yeah, it just helps to keep it alive. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. You guys are amazing. I love you. Send me a message. Let me know if there's any topics you want to talk about. And I hope you go out there and make it a great day. Bye.